Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Proverbs chapter number eight. I'm going to read a couple of verses of scripture, um, probably be in a little bit more of a teaching format uh, this morning. Uh, maybe what they would call even uh, exposition type of preaching or teaching, kind of going line by line. But I can't, I can't refuse what uh, uh, the Lord began to deal with me on on Friday, especially after a pastor called me yesterday, and uh, he was just sharing of uh, a time in the seminar that they had had Brother Paul Mooney had come down. And it spoke to them, and he said, hey, ministers, whenever God begins to deal with you a sermon, don't tuck that back and say, well, you know, that would be good for Sunday night. He said, you better act upon it because you don't know who might be there that needs that. And I've been guilty of doing that before. I tell you that, uh, I'd say, well, this is a real good such-and-such sermon. But uh, God has a way, so I'm going to just divulge this morning. Amen. Proverbs chapter number 8, starting with verse verse number 1. And uh, just bear with me because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this as I think it was said after, after chapter 7 had taken place, place. Doth not wisdom cry? Understanding put forth her voice? Proverbs 8 and 11. For wisdom is better than rubies. All the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Amen. If you'll help me pray right now, God would touch our minds afresh. Father, I come to you. God, I'm grateful, Lord, for your spirit. God, that we have recognized, Lord, and that we have experienced in this place. God, I'm thankful, Lord, for what you have accomplished, Lord, for undoubtedly there has already been some things accomplished in the realm of the spirit, God, that I have not seen today. And, Lord, we're grateful today for that. Lord, we go now to your word. I'm asking God for your help. I'm indebted to you for it. God, I pray, Jesus, mark any error from my lips and my mind. Let this, Lord, come together cohesively, Lord Jesus, as you would have, God, for your people. Let us glean from it, God, for whoever, Lord, this may, Lord, be applicable to. God, and I thank you and I praise you in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Everybody say amen. Shake a neighbor's hand if you don't mind before you're seated. Amen. Especially if it's been a while since you've seen him. You might as well leave your Bibles open today to the book of Proverbs. Particularly Proverbs chapter number 7. But we will also get into Proverbs chapter 8 just a little bit today. The book of Proverbs I have shared with you before. Uh, it, is a, it is a tremendous book that's practical to life. I mean, it, it has life applications in it. And as a result of that, I can't but, as I've said before, I, go, I read the book of Proverbs every month, using each day as the day of, of, of the week. And with that, uh, the gazillion times it seems like I've read it, I still see it talking to me and speaking to me about just real life situations and circumstances and uh, it's interesting that in the book of proverbs proverbs particularly chapter one through chapter number nine that uh there seems to be two women that we might say not one of them is not per se a real woman but personified as a woman two women that appear in scripture that are constantly showing up from chapter one to chapter number nine one of them is that which is deemed the strange woman the strange woman she's vying for the attention of the man particularly the son of Solomon she is vying for his attention but just as much as she is pursuing his attention there is another woman that's personified as a woman 
And that is wisdom and knowledge and understanding. She takes on this, this row of being a woman in, in the Proverbs Scripture. And she likewise, we see her vying for the attention of the same individual. And as we look at Proverbs 1 through 9, uh, they, they are speaking to this man and they're trying to allure him and, and, if you will, give details why it would be better to embrace them than the other. Uh, why, why it'd be better uh, to embrace one than the other. And uh, we come to a terms that these are more even than just women. The Bible even portrays them as ways, as paths. And so we have this through Proverbs 1 to Proverbs 9. And whenever we see wisdom uh, portrayed as a woman, uh, there's a lot spoken. The book of Proverbs, or if there's anything uh, spoken of most in Proverbs, it is probably uh, wisdom and understanding and knowledge. But uh, whenever the Lord is speaking to us uh, concerning wisdom, we understand that the Lord giveth wisdom. Chapter 2 tells us that the Lord giveth wisdom and that wisdom is to be desired and that if you have wisdom in your life and you exalt her that she will promote you so so we start to learn some of the the advantages of wisdom in our life you exalt her you take care of her and she's going to turn around and preserve you and she's going to turn around and take care of you and exalt you and her ways are ways that lead to life scripture tells us her ways are ways that lead to life yet whenever we look at uh the other woman who is vying for attention and wanting attention from man uh, we see that her path is one of a descent her her ways lead to death and yet she's very luring uh, in in trying to get the man to follow her and if you will just walk with me today through this understanding of of two women that's vying for the attention of one man or two ways that are vying for the attention of one man Solomon begins to speak to his son as he oft times did you'll see in the beginning of many of the chapters of Proverbs that he's always telling his son son listen to my law listen to the commandment of your mother listen to the commandment of your father take these things hide them in your heart bind them upon your hands time around your head rehearse them in your mind become very acquainted with the law of your mother the law of your father we're not just teaching these things to teach them they are going to preserve you they are going to keep you they are going to be the ways of life he's all the time admonishing his son hey pay attention to what we're saying pay attention to what we have to say and he starts chapter number seven no different but in the story and we're going to go a little bit verse by verse here in proverbs seven uh, starting somewhere around with verse eight he, he begins to tell his son uh, that he is admonishing here he says let me tell you a story if i could say it like this let me tell you a story he said i peered through the casement in my window and he said, I seen the simple and the young men and the youth. And I seen a man uh, that was traveling and he was going here and he was going there. And I seen him start a journey, son. As I, I'm, I'm observing what he's doing. I'm observing what is taking place. And I see him going somewhere, son. He's simple. He's just a young man. And verse 8 says that he's passing through. This, he's passing through the street near her corner and whenever he says her corner he is speaking of this woman who is the strange woman the one that is a stranger he is passing through the street near her corner and he went the way to her house the strange woman's house the stranger uh, the word stranger in the old testament hebrew basically means this to turn aside he, he's going toward the turn aside woman 
if I could say it like this. He's going toward the turn-aside woman's house. He's going near her corner and near her street. Now, I want to set a preface right here up front because as you read Proverbs 7, you think, well, all this has to do with is a man that's falling to the devices of a harlot. But it's more than that, ladies and gentlemen. He is just falling prey to what's desirable to him. All right, I'm painting the picture not just in the means of falling to pray to a harlot, but he's fallen prey to what is desirable to him, what his own lust is enticing him with and for. And so look what happens though. The young man was walking or passing by somewhere near her corner. The path that he chose was the way that led to her house. And we have oftentimes said, and I believe Proverbs is just, again, stamping this in our spirit, that sometimes we set ourselves up for temptation and even, might I say, eventually failure because we have went near the place that is enticing us. Or we went close to the dwelling, if you will, of the strange woman, the one her purpose is to turn you aside from the correct path, from the right path. And so he is already traveling down the wrong road. He knows that's her corner. He knows that is her street and her house. And rather than going absolutely in the opposite direction or taking a different route, no doubt there was one. Instead, he goes the route that's going to pass by her house and the route that's going to go by her corner if I could be a voice this morning for whomever today and just give us some words of wisdom from Proverbs stay at distance from the things that you know allure you stay at distance from the things that you know are problematic areas for you in your life it's not time to pass by that way or go down that street or be fancying yourself around the corner where you know that resides. Go a different route. Go a different way and a different path. The word of God admonishes these things unto us. In Proverbs 4 and verse 14, it tells us, enter not into the path of the wicked and go not in the way of evil men. He says, avoid it. Pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. Another man, at all costs, at all costs, don't even take a chance on it. If you know you have a tendency toward this thing or toward that route or that direction, don't even take a chance on it. The drunk doesn't take a chance on taking the street down the road to the old bar he used to frequent. The, 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 the drug addict doesn't take a chance to go still concern himself with the same friends that he used to shoot up with. Amen. Don't, don't take a chance on Don't go down that corner. Don't go down that road. Avoid it. Pass by it by all costs. You need to do these things. In Proverbs 5 and 8, the scripture even tells us, remove thy way far. See the opposite that happens here. This man is traveling near her corner. But the Lord admonished us already in Proverbs. Hey, remove thy way far from her. You don't want to see how close you can get to her and still make it. You don't want to see how close you can get to that thing that's desirable and vice for your attention. Amen. In your life and still make it. Go as far as away from it as you can. 
If I could say it like this, if it's something that's been in your past as close as you used to be to it, now you need to be as far away from it as you can. Amen. Because she's not going to stop with her allurement. It would be great, wouldn't it? To have the hang up in the past and man, all of a sudden you just blood bought, mercy saw it, man just flooded by the blood of Jesus and that no longer beckons, but its voice still sounds, doesn't it? It still talks. It still is calling for our attention. Romans 13, 14, again, reiterating this. Here's the apostle. He's speaking. He's giving words of admonition. He says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Don't make provision. <laughs> you can really determine what you allow or what you want or what you'll have in your life by what you make provisions for. For instance, Brother Heath, you skewed over first today. This is me and Brother Heath. This pew is only this long, all right? This is only this long. We're two young guys. We're young, okay. <laughs> and uh, use your imagination. No, I am young. A lot of you say, yeah, you're young, you're person. Hallelujah. Amen. Here we are, you know. But, but there's a girl here that I, I tend to like. This bench is only this long. <laughs> Scoot over, buddy. Scoot over. We got a slim space here. Hey, we got room. What are you doing? I'm making provision. <laughs> Where on the flip side of the coin, if you could care less, or you're thinking they're going to sit there, spread your legs out. <laughs> Come on, everybody in this room's been here. You've all been in a place where you've been set somewhere, somebody was walking by, you thought, man, we don't want that setting here. Just get comfortable, you know, kind of spread out a little bit. Why? Because you didn't want to make no provision for that. But if you wanted somebody to sit, you'd do whatever was necessary to get as close to the next one next to you to make sure you could house that. How's that right by you? Well, there's things like he said, make no provision for the flesh. Honey, you need to cinch that thing up. Don't make any venue, crack, avenue for that thing to have a foothold. Go far away from that. Because what you make provision for is oftentimes what you desire to have in your life. The question oftentimes comes when we start talking stuff like this is, Brother Mason might be able to testify to it better than I whenever we start talking about young people is how far can I go? It happens in adults too. Mm -hmm. The question, how far can we go? Sometimes people are interested to learn the rules, if you will, and the regulations solely for the purpose that they want to get to close as they can to breaking them without doing it. Can I say, if we have an attitude of how far can we go just so we can have knowledge to see how far it is we can go, where the stopping point is, then we're already courting. We're already courting a little sin. Uh-huh. In our life. Oh, oh, glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Kids will push it to the extreme. Tell me where the line is and I'll stand right there at the line. I might even put my foot over there in the air I'm not touching the other side dad it's just my hand in the air 
Hallelujah. So here is this, here is this woman, this strange woman. She's one that's turning aside. Here is this man. And look what happens this. Ladies and gentlemen, what happens in verse number 10 is no surprise. And you have to have your Bibles open. We're not going to, I had too many scriptures. I didn't want to burden them. Proverbs 7, verse 10. And behold, I mean, this is almost like, man, out of nowhere. You know, I just, we met. And behold, there met him a woman of the attire of a harlot and subtle of heart. There is no behold there. When he's walking by her corner and walking by her house, it's not like, well, what did you know? Well, I didn't know. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, it'd be like, it'd be my, me telling my wife, I said, dear, you ain't gonna believe who I saw at the doctor's office today. Who'd you see? I seen the doctor. <laughs> You say, well, man, that's stupid. Well, so is this. And behold, there met him a woman with an attire of a harlot and a subtitle of heart. See, in this journey, he met this woman. No supply, surprise. I would even dare say that this man did his journey and his travel with the hopes of meeting this woman. See, sometimes we go down routes and avenues just because the thing desirable is there. We know that's where it operates, and we have hopes that we are going to have an encounter. But then to everybody else, we'll pawn it off as behold. Oh, glory. Whenever, whenever we just say, man, it's just like she showed up out of nowhere. I don't know what happened. Just all of a sudden, it was in my mouth or I had it on her. <laughs> Woo, glory, amen, hallelujah. But in reality, whenever we're going down that path and going down that avenue, what we're doing are increasing the chances and the odds for this thing happening. We're not going in this thing blindedly. We're going in this thing with our eyes wide open. And verse 11, look at this. The Bible says that she is loud. Again, I'm not just talking, we're not just looking at harlotry here. We're looking at the things that are desirable to us as individuals in humanity. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. She is loud and stubborn. If I said she's determined. Mm-hmm. That thing that is desirable to you is determined to have you. Amen. She speaks with a loud voice into the lives, if you will, of her victims. Her voice is louder than the voices of reason. She's stubborn. What's that mean? I'll tell you what it means, just Paul McGee knowledge. She won't take no for an answer. Those things that's pursuing you in your life, that's those besetting things and weights that want to weigh you down and cause you to flub up and miss your relationship with God, they are in such heavy pursuit of you, even when you say no, they still pursue you. They will not take no for an answer. Amen. <laughs> she, she's not just making an attempt. She's making attempts to allure you. And the Bible says in verse 12, now she's without, now in the streets. She lieth and waited every corner. So she caught him and kissed him and with impudent face said unto him. If, can you hear what I'm saying today? It says that she was without, she was lying in wait. She was lying in wait, almost like a predator that is waiting on its prey. Amen. Like a, oh yes, like a predator. That's why I know that the hyena goes this way. You understand what I'm saying? I know that it travels this path. So I'm waiting, just in, just waiting for the opportunity to come and catch him. That's what the scripture says. She caught him. She kissed him with an impudent face. Whenever the opportunity's right, I'm going to go for the kill. 
Someone say amen. And notice what happens. After that initial meeting, notice who is the aggressive one now. It's not little Johnny come lately that should have took another route, but it's the thing that desired him. It's the thing that's enticing him. She's the one doing the catching. She's the one doing the kissing. It's the thing that has now got him within her power and within her control. Oh, thought it was a great idea to go by her house in that way. But I believe at this point in time, little Johnny come lately is thinking, man, I should have never went here because now she's got me, she's caught me, she's, she's being aggressive. Mm, someone say amen. More than what I bargained for here. And the Bible says in verse 15, therefore came I, therefore came I forth to meet thee, says the woman. Diligently to seek thy face, and I have found thee. <laughs> for this scenario, this is the best one of all times. A way that a lady can get to a man is stroke his ego. <laughs> I came to meet you diligently sought you and I found you what I've been looking for my whole life <laughs> you what you, you, you're strong you're handsome you're intelligent son he has just become water in her hand <laughs> seriously she's convincing you She's, she, she is it. She's, you're what she needs. And look what she continues to convince him. And boy, this is the greatest lie of the things that you desire trying to convince you in verses 19 and 20. You know what she begins to tell him? She begins to reassure him that the good man of the house is on a trip. He's on a journey. He's far away. He'll come home at the appointed time. What she's trying to somehow secure him with is this. Hey, honey, nobody's ever going to find anything out. And that's what your desires will do you. Hey, you go on and do this. Don't worry, nobody else is around. There's no church family around right now. The pastor's on vacation. Don't have to worry about it. Man, it's free game. Nobody is ever going to know what's going to take place and what's going to, nobody's going to, man, we're, we're on vacation even. We're out of state. None of our folk around here do whatever you want. Hallelujah. Nobody will ever, ever find out and we're oftentimes more concerned, listen, we're oftentimes more concerned about other people finding out when God already knows. Seriously, we'll get nervous and sweaty palms if we think somebody else understands we're doing wrong when the creator, the one we gotta answer to on judgment, already knows. I'm not gonna stand there to judge and say enter in or hellfire and brimstone. It's the one that knows everything from the moment of time you started going by her corner and down her path and down that way. But we're more concerned about what Brother Terry's gonna say about and what Sister So-and-So's gonna say about and that one's gonna say about. Is that right? Yeah, I find me a hole to get under, you know. Because there's so-and-so. Big deal. God with the all-seeing eye that has eyes that run to and fro already knows. Look at verse 21. And with her much fair speech, this is what things that you desire will do to you. With her fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. Things that you desire will do this to you. This is kind of special verse here. Verse 21, I'm trying to keep mindful of time. I might have to split this in two. But notice this is a special, ver a special verse due to the verbs that are used here. The Bible says that he yields to her, fair speech, but is forced, look, but is forced 
by the flattering of her lips. He's yielding and he's forced. Now that seems, I mean, that seems like a little conflict here. You're yielded, but you force. So, so he, he's, he's yielding to her fair speech, but he's forced by her flattery. Now, flattery is nothing else but, you know, excessive praise with improper motives. Okay. And so, how can he be forced if he yields? I see it all the time. You have too, if we start to describe it. I've seen people willingly yield under pressure. For that matter, there's a power called the power of persuasion. Even in getting somebody to do something that they weren't going to do. Being persuasive enough, amen, that it's almost feel like they're being forced, but when they do it, it's of their own accord. The power of persuasion. So she has some fair speech that's toward him. Your desires do this to you. They have fair speech toward you. They're flattering with their, their, their lips. Uh, they, want you to, they want to get you to a place where you're eating out of their hand, if you will. Amen. Unfortunately, for this particular episode, a man by Benjamin was very correct whenever he said, talk to a man about himself and he will listen for hours. <laughs> she got him right there. Proverbs 7.22. Look at this now. He, now this man, goeth after her straightway as an ox goeth to the slaughter, as a fool to the correction of the stalks. Very pivotal point here. Now, rather than she, his desires being in hot pursuit of him, now it's come and it's changed. He is now in a very hot pursuit of her. But he's going to have a pseudo-satisfaction, if you will. Amen. It's going to drain the life from him. Amen. It's going to drain the life from him. And the words in verse 25 are very important. The admonition is, let not thine heart decline to her ways. Let not your heart decline to the ways of those things that are desirable to you. Go not astray in her past. Notice the word decline. That where you're presently stationed to go the ways of that thing that is desiring you and enticing you and that is even desirable to you is a path of descent. It is a path of decline. Amen. Don't let your heart decline to that place. If I say it like this this morning, children of God, you're better than that. Amen. You're better than that. Don't allow those old ways to cause you to decline in your path again toward them. You're better than that because you're not reaching a peak with that you're you're actually reaching a pit if you will with that you're conducting yourself in a manner that is below you you're a child of god you've had royal blood that has somehow cleansed you and washed you and made you you are better than that you're better than your old life yes yes you are better than who you once was. And there's no reason to digress and decline back to that state in that time. You are a child of God. You're better than the alcohol you used to drink. You're better than the relationships you used to have. You're better than the practices that you used to perform. You're better than those things. This is the king's highway. It's a road that is on an incline that's ascending to the mount of God. Don't digress. Don't digress. You're better than that. Proverbs 7, 26, the Bible speaking of her or these desirable things, they've cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. So some people's involvement, she has left them wounded, while some who have even been considered strong, important, they've even lost the entirety of their life. Spiritual life. 
It's whenever we take into our life those things that are desirable but not necessarily okayed and sanctioned by the hand of God. Let me tell you, you cannot leave that encounter without being wounded. And some are far worse than that. They've lost spiritual life altogether with God after such an encounter. And so I think there's a very clear warning then, Brother Terry, to us whenever it says that even some of the strong have been slain. There's something very important, I believe, that is speaking to us here is that you'll never be strong enough to contend with the turn aside things in your life. So I can go there, and I've been saved for 10 years now. Don't do it. Don't walk by that corner. Don't go down that path. Because if even the strong have been slain by her, the strong men, it doesn't matter how you'll never be strong enough personally to be able to contend with that in your life. Verse 27, her house, here is, here is then the ending of the story. It's just her house is the way to hell going down to the chambers of death. I've preached before that we got to view our, our present actions with the end in view. Uh-huh. We sometimes just say, well, this is how this affects today. How does it affect eternity? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we got, we got to look at our present actions with the end in view. It's, it's exhilarating now, but it may prove to be hell and death later. Amen. So we, we, we got to consider this. So all this is taking place. If you go back to the beginning of Proverbs 7, so this is talking about the strange woman, the woman that is turning aside the pleasures, the desirable things in our life. Verses 1 through 7 of this chapter, Solomon has told his son, he has cautioned him. He said, keep the commandments. He's told to keep them as the apple of his eye. Protect them. Safeguard them. Put them on your fingers. Write them upon your heart. He told, he told, he told his son. He said, tell wisdom to be your sister and tell understanding to be your kinswoman in other words let wisdom and let understanding be your family let them be your relatives let them be close to you see it's quite different from the strange lady and the strange woman she's called a stranger she's a foreigner she's a non-relative but he's saying, hey, let wisdom and understanding, let them be close to you, let them be nigh to you. Why? Why do I want wisdom to be my sister? Why do I want understanding to be my kinswoman? I'll tell you why. Because in verse number five of Proverbs chapter number seven, the Bible says that they, that is wisdom and understanding, may keep thee from, listen, from the strange woman from the stranger which flattereth with her words he says you need to make these close relatives you need to make these a kinsman and a sister relatives family people that are close to you because no one knows you like family knows you the good the bad and the ugly and they will keep you and literal translation is they will hedge you about as with thorns <laughs> you know you might you might jump a fence but if you jump a fence with bob wire you're going to think twice about that. <laughs> he says, whenever you have wisdom being your sister and kinsman and understanding your kinsman, they become family to you and they'll keep you. They're going to hedge you in, not just with a fence, but a hedge that has thorns. And you're going to think twice about transpassing those things. But after this downward spiral, and I'm getting to my title here. I still got some time if you hang with me for a little bit. In Proverbs chapter number 8, after, after this downward spiral that we have walked through from verses 6 to verse 27, in, in Proverbs chapter number 7, amen, 
There's verse number 8 and verse number 1. The reason why I read that to you the way I did is because whenever he says, doth not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice in other words this man has went this downward path and this descent he's walked by her way uh, along her corner and her side and there's there's right now as an outsider member Solomon is just observing all of this he's a bystander he's observing all this something's crying out in his spirit that that old man feeling that really <laughs> all right the young people that really feeling is coming over him you're telling me he's going this path he's doing this thing this hot pursuit doth not wisdom cry has she not been uttering her voice has not understanding been crying and by how in the world could this be happening doth not wisdom cry how did this take place Wisdom and understanding can keep you from the strange woman. But the strange woman's loud. Hear me today. The Bible says that she is loud. And we can call it being one-tracked mind. My wife is a pro at this. Offspring Mariah has catered and brought it into her traits. And that is when some, one, or thing has my wife's attention undivided attention and uh, I can speak louder being her husband <laughs> I can speak louder and I can use all the different babe honey dear dawn you know go through the different things that I call her <laughs> well not all of them no I'm just joking <laughs> honey dear babe dawn Everybody else, is even, everybody else knows I want her attention. But she doesn't know that I want her attention because she's honed in. She's one-tracked mind. If I can do it like this, whoever's talking to her at that moment has her attention. They're speaking something pertinent that evidently she's interested in. And whenever the, the strange woman is louder, the turn-aside woman is louder because she's speaking, listen, she's dealing with you what's desirable what's desirable to you and as, as, as a result of she speaking to you what's appealing to your present desires your present lusts and your present states she's loud first of all because you're closer to her you went by her corner and way you're closer to her than you are to wisdom and understanding amen you didn't make them your relatives remember <laughs> You didn't make them near to you. And so she's louder than them because you're closer to them. And basically what she's saying to you right now is more closely stroking your appetite than what wisdom and understanding are saying. And in verse 10, the Bible speaking of wisdom and understanding stand, said in verse 2, she standeth in the top of high places by the way in the places of the paths. Look at this. They're not in a low pit. They're in a high place crying out. Quite different from the strange woman. Amen. They're not as the low declined lady, but they're ascended up high in a high place. I like verse number 3. Wisdom and understanding. They cry at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Wisdom and understanding are where people would normally come in, but they can also go out. Listen very clearly. They're at the entry of the doors, the gates. Wisdom and understanding, that's where they're crying. Here's where I want us to understand something very clear today. You cannot start on a journey to go down her path, her way, or her avenue, the strange woman. Listen. Without 
going over or passing through where wisdom and understanding are. In order to follow the path of the turn aside lady, in order to exit through that gate to go to that place, you got to step over wisdom and understanding. Somebody hear me today. You got to step over wisdom and understanding that's crying out to you in order to do that. Does not wisdom cry? Does not understanding cry? The Bible says that in verse 124, chapter 124, that they would cry and call to you, but you would refuse. They'd reach out to you, but you would not regard their hands. Didn't say that they didn't hear their call. Said, but the call that they heard, they refused. Didn't say they wouldn't see their hands, but the hands that they would see, they wouldn't regard. Amen? Didn't give them the time of day. If you'll stand for me this morning, I'm hastening to a close real quick. Let me skip over some stuff to get there. Proverbs 8. Sister McGee, verse 32. Remember, our scripture setting was all things that may be desired or literally pleasurable are not to be compared or equal to wisdom. Or all things that may be pleasurable are not to be or not to resemble wisdom. Verse 32. Now, therefore, hearken unto me. Wisdom and understanding are saying, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my ways, hear instruction, and be wise, and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoso findeth me, findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. She says, keep my way. She said, blessed is the man that heareth me. Because if you can hear my cry, I'm crying, I've not stopped. Bible speaks of wisdom crying in the concourses and the places and the streets and the paths and ways that they go. She says, I'm crying if you would just hear me. And notice particularly, she says, there at the gates they cry, at the doors they cry. Says, you know what you need to do? Blessed is he that's watching daily at my gates and at the post of my doors. If I may, before you exit through the gate, watch and wait to hear the cry of wisdom and the cry of understanding. Before you step over that threshold that's headed down, maybe a path that could be appropriate, pause for a moment right there and see if you can just tune in for a moment to the cry of wisdom and the cry of understanding. Because it'll be a whole lot different because whenever you get her, you get life rather than death. When you get her, you obtain favor of the Lord and his favor will compass us about scripture says as with the shield his favor is life in the Old Testament scripture whenever they went and possessed the land he said it was not by your own sword neither was it your own arm that did all of that he said but it was because I had favor toward you that that was accomplished if we embower our heads in this place musicians can come as we come to culmination here today Scripture would spend nine chapters, ladies and gentlemen. Scripture would spend nine chapters, the first nine chapters of Proverbs. This is not a whistle moment in Scripture. Nine chapters in Proverbs to tell us about two women, one particularly being personified, that's vying for our attention. One 
is that thing that is desirable to us but not, might not be sanctioned by God. The other is that thing that is godly, prize-worthy, ordained by the Lord Christ himself. Wisdom was him in the very beginning for the formation of the world and all things. If he spent nine chapters with his son, the admonition of taking these laws and precepts and tying them on us and giving ear to wisdom and understanding all these things. What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. We don't live in a different time now than what they lived in then. There are still some things that's vying for our attention and they are diabolical to one another. One promises life. The other kind of doesn't even tell you what the end is, but it's death. One tells you, you know, come up here. That's wisdom. The other, when you follow their path, it's a descent. It's a decline. Do you understand what's going on here? One tells you, hey, no one else knows what's going on. And the other one tells you, hey, the Lord sees it all. And because he does, he's going to reward you for it. There are two things here today. Uh, listen, uh, I'm just sharing with you what I feel like the Lord shared with me Friday. And I do that for a purpose because I just want to act upon it. God did it. He did it for a purpose and reason. And although I might not be fully acquainted with everybody's circumstance in here today, I'm telling you right now that if you're about ready to exit the gate or exit the door, I'm asking you right now the question of my message, doth not wisdom cry? I'm asking you today. Some of you that have been caught up and ensnared and entrapped by the things that have seemingly been desirable to you in so much that you've passed by their way. One trip, two trip, three trip. I'm asking you today, that thing may be loud and it may be stubborn and it may be determined in spirit to pursue you and have you. I'm just asking, pause the next time at the gate as you exit and wait and see if you don't hear the voice of wisdom calling. The voice of understanding calling. God has done some great things here this morning, undoubtedly. I know that. I know that. But whenever we leave this place, this atmosphere, the voices are going to get amplified. The voices are going to get amplified. Those things that old past things that have been desirable to you they're going to be loud but before you go down that street and by that corner again I'm reiterating purposefully today stop see if you can't hear the voice of wisdom and understanding because they're crying out because what you've succumbed to in this place is diverting your attention for a moment it's kind of like with my wife, you know, finally whenever my voice pierces through and it happens five minutes later. And she's talking and she looks at them and says, wait one moment. And she gives me some attention. You know what, oft times, and this is just, you know, oft times she's saying, wait one moment. Because she has a plan that after she's done hearing what I need to say, she's going back right here. I don't want somebody this morning with what you've experienced in this house to be saying what has been desirable to you, your lust and enticements, saying this morning during this great worship service, wait one moment. Somebody hear me right now. Wait one moment with a planning and attention but whenever we're finished with this conversation. Doth not wisdom cry? Doth not wisdom cry? Her way is ascending. Her way leads to life. Her way brings favor of God upon you. Hallelujah, brother and sister Mason. Please, let's go right now. I know we've had a lot of altar. 
Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.